Every time your users post a product review with a photo or video, they're contributing to the vast treasure trove of user-generated content. But companies have barely scratched the surface in leveraging that visual content for marketing purposes. Why aren't we mining the data across those images and videos? In my latest podcast episode, I learn about how to bring structure to this kind of unstructured data in a conversation with Cody Coleman, CEO of Coactive. Coactive recently announced its combined Series A and Seed funding from A16Z, Bestware Venture Partners, and others. Cody and I discussed what are the best practices for data teams to work with visual data? What mistakes are data teams making? Is this kind of unstructured data a data problem or a marketing problem? You can listen to the podcast or read the lightly edited transcript. Let's dive in. All right, Cody, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today to talk about unstructured data, visual data. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to chat. I'd love to start out with your personal experiences working with visual data. Can you talk about how you were inspired to tackle this problem? What challenges you faced before? I've probably spent over the past decade like working at the intersection of data systems and AI before I even knew it. So working with all forms of like data from tracking log data to image and video data to finance data to educational data. But oddly enough, there was this kind of through line of visual data through all of that. So I had worked as a PM, uh, an associate product manager at uh, YouTube Analytics. I had done analysis on educational videos for edX and like massive open online courses. And then most recently, while I was doing my PhD at Stanford as part of the Dawn project, I was, which the mission of the Dawn project was trying to democratize machine learning. I had the fortunate opportunity of working at Pinterest and Meta and kind of seeing firsthand what the state of the art looks like for systems and tools to be able to work with unstructured data, images and videos at scale and actually make it useful. You've had many years of experience working through these challenges. Why do you think now is the right time for most data teams to tap into their unstructured data? In thinking about it, you kind of need to have this trifecta of data, AI, and systems in order to be able to work with um, unstructured data like this hand in hand. One thing that I kind of, or one analogy to put this into scale is, you know, if you think about like tabular data, if you had 10 million rows of tabular data, that would be about like 40 megabytes. So for the purposes of an analogy, we can say that that's like the size of Lake Tahoe. You know, it's like 400 square kilometers. When you think about 10 million documents, that's about 40 gigabytes. So that's three orders of magnitude larger. And that's kind of roughly equivalent to like the Caspian Sea, uh, which is, I believe, close to 400,000 square kilometers. And when you think about visual data, so like 10, 10 million images, that's about 20 terabytes if you look at a data set like open images. So that like scaled out is like the size of like the Pacific Ocean, you know, roughly uh, 150 million square kilometers of like surface area. In order to be able to process that, you really need to have kind of the infrastructure and tooling um, to scale up to that data. And this is something that I was able to see firsthand be developed with um, benchmarks that I created, Dawn Bench and MLPerf where we saw the industry really start thinking about high performance deep learning. So that systems component is now possible and um, has become kind of a bit more standardized to be able to work at this scale with large amounts of unstructured data. So that's one piece of it. And then the other kind of key component is the fact that AI, we have this like massive movement around foundation models. And foundation models kind of fundamentally can transform this kind of raw analog pixel data that like you and I can understand into a format that's easy to understand for, for computers and for machines. 
And we're seeing these like great models that come out pre-trained, whether it be from OpenAI or Hugging Face and all these things that actually kind of operate as almost this like analog to digital converter for this unstructured data to make it in a more compressed, more easy to work with format for computer systems and machines. And bringing these two things together of just the, the systems component and the advances in systems um, in high-performance deep learning and the advances in foundation models and AI, that creates this perfect trifecta to actually make this data useful. And then maybe taking a step back, unstructured data kind of very broadly as a macro trend is like taking up more and more of our everyday life. You know, right now we're talking on a Zoom call. You think about the rise of e-commerce, we're making purchasing decisions based off of images and videos. And then you think about the way that we communicate, you know, we've gone from text to things like Instagram and TikTok. And right now, 80% of internet traffic is video data. And that's only going to grow as we think about this whole wave of generative AI and making content really easy to generate, whether it's stable diffusion or things like ChatGPT. Let's say I'm leading a data team and I'm really potentially interested in leveraging Coactive, your product. Are there certain other products that I need to have purchased and started using well in order to take advantage of your product? Part of what we wanted to do with Coactive is to make it pretty easy for existing data teams to be able to work with their data. So we want to meet people where they're at. And thinking about a lot of organizations, where they store their image and video data is like in the cloud on an object store like S3 or Google Cloud Storage. And basically, as long as you have your data in the cloud, we make it super easy with Coactive where you can just point us to like an S3 bucket and we can ingest all of that data. We'll take care of the modeling piece to generate this representation of embeddings and vectors for you so that you don't have to think about it. And then we also make it super easy. Well, first, right outside of the box, you can actually do multimodal search. So with text, you can just like search over all of your image catalog. But if you want to get to something that's more domain specific, which we see in a lot of companies, they have like concepts that really matter to them. We make it actually really easy to actually define domain specific concepts by using this procedure of active learning, where we suggest to you what are like the best examples for you to label. So we really try to make it kind of an end-to-end process from like where the data is stored all the way to being actually able to use it for search, for analytics, and to derive insights. And to like plug into, if you're already using SQL and like a tool like Spark SQL or really kind of any form of SQL, we can plug right into it. So it sounds like there's not a particular tech stack that you are endorsing across a number of different companies. You're, as you said, just happy to be data teams where they are. Exactly. And I think that's one thing that's unique about Coactive is that we really want to target, again, making it really easy for data teams to like go and leverage this data rather than having to go and spin out a whole complicated ML team or all this extra infrastructure just to be able to get kind of the job done to be able to work with that data. Are there particular industries that you think would benefit most from leveraging unstructured data? Oh, yeah. It was kind of funny. At the beginning of Coactive, we saw like a, a wide variety of different kind of industries from you know, autonomous vehicles to, you know, medical imaging and things like that. But where we found people really resonate with this is um, kind of in two categories. So consumer retail and media and media technologies. So in the case of media technologies, you have, of course, like the traditional kind of media companies, whether it be like Paramount or Comcast or kind of any of these like places, but also user-generated content platforms or community platforms like Reddit, Discord, fandom, 
all these platforms actually have a tremendous amount of image and video data that's being uploaded to their platform that from their perspective, they have no clue what's in this data. So actually being able to unlock and be able to understand, hey, is this good or bad content? Is this appropriate for this community? Is it not appropriate for this community? Is like a, a really like hair on fire problem for them in order to ensure trust and safety on those platforms. So we see that like those users, they have a tremendous amount of just like image and video data coming in as we, as consumers switch more and more to visual content. And then on the other side of consumer retail, you have e-commerce platforms, um, which obviously also have this kind of increasing amount of visual content as we like think about how kind of the way that we shop and things like that changes, but also even kind of more traditional brands like Nike or Steelcase, the chair company, all these like companies actually have a tremendous amount of image data from just taking photos of their products and actually trying to find that like right photo of whether it be that awesome Air Jordan or that Steelcase chair is really hard for those companies. I know that you today announced a big milestone in the development of your company. I think also your category, big funding announcement. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and also maybe indicate why this is an important milestone generally for the market that you're operating in? Today is a huge day for us coming out of stealth and announcing our Series A and seed funding. First off, we're extremely like fortunate and grateful for our partners with Bessemer Venture Partners, Nelly Robinson, and then Martin Casado at A16Z. They're just like phenomenal people that have been able to kind of help us along the way. But with this $40 million that we've kind of raised over our seed in Series A, it's been tremendously valuable for us to actually, you know, seed was initially we developed kind of the, the, the product and actually built out the infrastructure. But now we're shifting gears to actually think about how do we create kind of a repeatable sales motion and like a go to market motion. We had some initial kind of users and we developed a very high quality experience for them made it super easy, again, for data teams, existing data teams to leverage the data. But now we're trying to figure out how do we actually scale that up to like more industries and make it a much more repeatable motion while also maintaining that high level of quality and experience that, you know, our customers already know and love. And I think that this is a huge moment just for the category of uh, visual content and, um, and validation as far as like just getting to the point that we can develop a repeatable motion to like engage with customers and create that experience. Um, I think we'll ultimately help establish the the category uh, tremendously as we just figure out how do we figure out that language? How do we resonate this kind of new category to like the problems that businesses have kind of now? Because we're really in this like state of category creation. A lot of people, you know, haven't had the tools to even think about working with image and video data before. It's part of figuring that messaging and how do we kind of take them from where they are today to what's possible with Coactive and with the power of unstructured data. I know you're a very mission-driven company. You've written a lot about algorithmic bias. Certainly dealing with visual data in particular, you have to be thinking about this, right? Certainly a lot of people are concerned about the ways in which AI is being informed by the data sets they're collecting with respect to images. How are you looking to tackle algorithmic bias as a company? And more tactically, what best practices would you recommend to companies that are trying to avoid algorithmic bias? Combating algorithmic bias is like is super important to Coactive, and also I would say even more broadly than that, we want to create, um, make sustainable AI. You know, make AI that actually will benefit society and the environment for the long term, and like minimize any kind of detrimental kind of effects. I mean, we're all seeing it as as you know AI becomes pervasive. 
with all the advances and the amazing things like chat GPT and things like that, there's also a whole bunch of different concerns that come up, which are really very valid and honest concerns that more people need to be thinking about. So fundamentally, what we're doing in Coactive is actually trying to serve as a role model for how to think about and kind of bring that kind of broader perspective of sustainable AI into everything that we do. So one of the first things that we did, you know, it's it's not hard enough, you know, like starting a company, but we actually wanted to go and we found this amazing project called Dollar Street, which was created by this nonprofit Gapminder to mitigate human bias. So what the project did is that it took a kind of photos of household items from families around the world and organized that on a street based off of socioeconomic income. So you could see actually the diversity of just like everyday life for people around the world. And it had a a kind of a profound impact because, you know, we're in the U.S. and we might think that like, hey, you know, we're middle class kind of globally, but in actuality, we're at like the upper kind of 1%. Our daily view is not representative of like the entire global population. But this isn't a problem that just happens with humans. This is the same thing that's happening with machine learning models. I mean, we've seen models be biased and have all sorts of different things from, you know, associating black people with the class gorilla or like all sorts of things like that. So seeing that opportunity to convert that data set into a a data set for that machine learning community to actually allow them to identify, evaluate, and improve their models was something that, you know, was just so compelling that like me and my co-founder and our team were spending nights and weekends like working on this data set, bringing it together and continue to support and like do more things about trying to reduce the barrier, reduce the cost, reduce the energy for actually being able to to use state-of-the-art machine learning. And then kind of maybe more broadly thinking about kind of like what other companies can do as they try to think about mitigating bias and things like that. I think one, just kind of being aware and, you know, taking accountability that as like ML people or people using kind of artificial intelligence in practice, we have a responsibility to think about kind of what are the repercussions of of scaling out AI and how that can potentially go go awry. And there's been amazing work in like the academic kind of area uh, around this as far as like best practices, ethics, and whatnot, and ML communities, like NeurIPS and things like that. And I think as organizations, we need to do the same thing. Because I think there's a tendency to just kind of push it onto the side and say like, well, we're not intentionally doing anything bad, but being thoughtful about it and thinking about the potential things, I think is like the first step to just like understanding the problem and then mitigating the problem and being able to like measure it. And then following along and using data sets like Dollar Street and also updating models and following the best practices because these things are improving quite rapidly as AI develops. I mean, we saw this with OpenAI's GPT-3 versus ChatGPT and GPT-4. As these models have improved, they've also not just gotten better in accuracy, but also reduced bias substantially as these kind of companies in the field as a whole are thinking about it. So being adaptive, keeping up with the best practices can help kind of mitigate problems and vulnerabilities and mitigate bias overall as we think about it from an industry perspective. It's really great advice. What other mistakes do you think data teams tend to be making with respect to their visual data? So visual data and, you know, content kind of in general is like super powerful and can be like useful for lifting sales. We've seen it in like percent of users actually say that user generated content actually influences their decisions to make um, purchases. And you see that like top companies, but I think where data teams go wrong is that they kind of don't do anything with the data and just end up storing it on S3 and it just kind of sits there as like a bill over time. They also 
generally kind of just have it on S3. And that makes it really hard to work with because you have it on like network file system. So actually processing large collections of this is super slow. So the first thing that you can do is actually kind of coalesce it together, coalesce all these small files together into something that's maybe a little bit more easy to work with and process and things like that. I think another odd problem that I see with data teams is somewhat of them trying to like do everything themselves and reinvent the wheel, where it just ends up taking a lot of time and resources and they kind of underappreciate how difficult it is to actually work with visual content, like going back to the just sheer scale of it. If you're used to working with tabular data, that's like a data lake, you know, but really when thinking about this, this is like a data ocean when we think about unstructured data. And assuming that the same tools and like vehicles that would get you across, you know, a lake would work for the ocean seems just like very foolhardy. Like if I told you to take a rowboat and cross the Pacific Ocean, you would be like, that is insane. I'm not going to do that. But I think data teams sometimes don't appreciate just the scale and how difficult it is to work with it. And it's partially because there's not tools out there, but, you know, Coactive, our whole mission is to actually fix that problem and to make it easier so that people aren't trying to reinvent the wheels. They don't have to get the same battle scars that we did for working with this data, and they can just actually focus on deriving value for their business. I'd love to talk about that, actually, how you derive value from unstructured data. Certainly, I think much of what you said would naturally appeal to data teams. But I imagine that marketing teams would also benefit from unstructured data, like visual data being leveraged more. What do you think is the argument exactly for a marketing team in terms of why they should use your product or generally tap into their visual data more? And thinking about marketing teams, and this is actually maybe indicative of companies working with visual data overall, is that the process right now is a fairly manual process. So if you're a marketing team and you're trying to create some campaign about, let's say we're um, we're like a sports team and we want to do like a highlight reel of like three-pointers or something like that, maybe we're the NBA. Right now, the process for doing that is actually fairly manual. So you're just spending a tremendous amount of time and human resources combing through all of this data to be able to find those right clips for the campaign or for the visuals that you're actually trying to communicate. And by using a tool like Coactive and kind of offloading that, you can replace like the human tedious work of toiling through kind of all this data and be able to get that information in instant. So like if you're looking for, maybe you're like a grocery store and you're thinking about Easter's coming up and you want to actually go and get like your marketing campaign ready for Easter. Easter happens every year. You've probably taken photos of Easter for previous campaigns. Rather than having to go out and do a completely new photo shoot, you could just easily, if you had like the ability to quickly search through it, you could actually go and search and find those relevant photos. And what we've seen in talking with users and customers is that like right now, it's so hard to actually do that search through their archive of data that they end up spending thousands of dollars to redo a photo shoot, redo this process and wasting time. So I think that reducing the time that it takes to like deliver these results is a massive win for marketing teams and larger enterprises. And we see the same thing for content moderation and trust and safety use cases as well, which are like very human driven. By actually using AI, using a tool like Coactive, you can actually automate that and save you a tremendous amount of just like human resources. And especially in the trust and safety case, there's material out there that should never see the light of day. And like subjecting human beings to that is just horrible. You know, no one should ever have to see some of this content out there. So by automating that away, you end up saving people a lot of like mental stress and anguish from some of this data that's out there. 
it can be hard to quantify the impact of reducing risk, right? Which I think yeah. is what you're speaking to. And it also sounds like part of the ROI equation is reducing cost from, as you said, people dedicated to doing photo shoots or, you know, otherwise kind of manually combing through data. Do you think there's a revenue argument as well for optimizing the way you use visual data? And, and if so, I'd be curious to know if you've seen any case studies about this or developed any ROI analyses yourself. In the space of like e-commerce, it's quite interesting right now, actually. A lot of e-commerce companies and brands, so like think of, you know, big brands like um, Nike, West Elm and stuff like that. They actually will see a lift by having kind of the right video, like a user, like user content on the page of their product. Because it actually gives it kind of a much more human feel of like, what is this shirt or hoodie that I'm getting from Nike or these leggings actually going to be like seeing another or another human being actually go wear the product and things like that. So much of like how we think about these products are influenced again, increasingly by like the creator economy, influencers and things like that. So there's been studies that seen for the exact lift somewhere probably around 20 to 30% in terms of click-through rate and purchase by having like the right user content, kind of a long, like a product on your e-commerce platform. And then as I, as I mentioned earlier, 80% of customers actually say that user-generated content impacts their decision to buy a product. So by doing that, having the right content for the right person at the right time, that can directly improve like your revenue by you know higher conversions in sales. Cody, to wrap up, is there one tip that you would give to data teams for how they should better use their visual data? I mean, I'm biased. Like I think that coactive will be that that one tip <laughs> to save you time and stuff like that. But I think actually like investing and looking at AI, like AI and unstructured data really go hand in hand for actually being able to unlock the value. And I just in general, data and AI are a way forward rather than being a separate topics. And we're seeing this kind of across the board with just more conferences and like data systems and databases, bringing AI and data together. And then on the AI side, we see like data centric AI. So really thinking kind of holistically and comprehensively about your data and your AI strategy together, I would say is like the biggest thing that or the one tip that I would give data teams to think about because they really do go hand in hand. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cody. This is awesome. Thank you so much. 